Take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. When we first get interested in manifestation, in the law of attraction, in wanting to have more agency within ourselves and within our reality, it's usually out of a sense of lack. Something's missing. And we tell ourselves that if I can just get whatever that is, I will feel complete. I'll be able to relax, to feel safe, to feel alive, to be happy. I will feel that sense of belonging and purpose that I want to feel, and my life will be given meaning. We are, as Michael Beckwith put it, pushed by pain until we are pulled by a vision. All of this happens in an imagined future. It is based on a concept of what I perceive that I need in order to be happy. And that state of happiness is always at some future time. At this stage of awareness, I'm still operating from a limited self-concept, and I see myself as my name, my gender identity, age, race, religion, national identity, my job or career, my role in life, my social status, educational background, and so on. I may believe that I am a spirit having a human experience, but at this stage, it's still a belief rather than an embodied awareness. We're operating within a paradigm of habits related to this identification we have with our form and its attributes. We have opinions, positions, we have a personality. We always have something to defend or something to prove. We feel longing. We feel discontent. If we pay attention to that and we allow ourselves to dream, we begin to have images of a life and of a self that would answer that longing and dissolve that discontent. We see ourselves in a beautiful location, engaged in activities we enjoy, spending time with the ones we love, serving other people with our gift. We imagine feeling carefree, liberated, joyful, creative, and fulfilled. The details of people's ideals for the perfect life vary widely, but the essence is pretty much the same. Whether we're aware of it or not, we all long to give expression to something within us that is seeking expression through us. We all want to feel free, alive, and in the flow. We may even know that feeling from having experienced it in brief moments. But when we think about recapturing that state and what it would look like or feel like to live a life like that, our dream life, it is necessarily a mind-made concept of who and what. The who is who I would like to be, and the what is what I would like my life to be like. In other words, it is content. 
This series, Manifest Grace, is dedicated to a deeper exploration of the manifestation process so that we may better understand its underlying laws and furthermore, how to enter into harmony with those laws. In looking at universal law, we're always looking at ourselves and our nature. And as our understanding of the universal laws deepens through firsthand experience, so does our harmony with all of life deepen, coming as it does from a deeper place within, from presence, rather than from more superficial layers of the personality and ego self. At some point in our journey of becoming conscious manifestors in the world, we bump up against the limits of the ego and what it can manifest through the lens of its own distortions. In other words, whatever we automatically create from our limited self-concept, from a near total identification with form, can only reflect that limitation, even if we have high self-esteem. And ultimately, it cannot fulfill any of our deepest desires for long. As long as we're still identified with the limited self, desire is never-ending. Even if we have high self-esteem, we are nevertheless living in a duality of me and myself. In other words, me and my self-image. Within this duality, even if we're able to manifest our desires on the material plane, the pleasure is short-lived. If we are identified with what we have achieved or gained, in other words, if we are deriving a sense of identity from it, that identity is always under threat. On some level, we will be afraid of losing what we've gained and with it, our sense of self. If we esteem ourselves because we feel that we're finally gaining some control over our lives, when we lose control, what happens to that esteem? Self-esteem is still a dualistic concept of self. It's how you see yourself rather than simply being yourself, your true self, which is another space of consciousness. Consciousness is indivisible. As long as our sense of self is linked to anything in the world of form, including a concept, it is precarious. The laws of creation are immutable and permanent, and they are at play within us no matter what our level of awareness. Spiritual maturity reveals to us that if we are in any way struggling or stressed, we are not in harmony with the laws. There's something we have not yet understood and embodied. Approaching manifestation from the purely egoic standpoint for the satisfaction of the desires of the limited self or to compensate for a perceived lack brings its share of suffering sooner or later. Studying the laws of the universe whilst we are disconnected from our true sense of being is going to just end up being an intellectual study and an accumulation of knowledge that the ego can appropriate and say, I know that, while avoiding the present moment, which is the only place we can experience any of the states that we say we want. All of the great ones have told us again and again that we reap what we sow. The reality shows us what we have sown without fail, even if we ourselves were not aware of it at the time. Manifestation is simply experiencing the results of your self-concept in the world. All of our creations are rooted in the state of consciousness we were in at the time of their conception and bear fruit accordingly. 
If our intention, consciously or unconsciously, was rooted in the consciousness of love, peace, and joy at the time the seed was sown, the fruits will reflect that. If our intention or state was rooted in the ego's distortions and our paradigms of scarcity, competition, fear, or other lower vibrational states, the harvest will deliver more of the same. Another word for this law of cause and effect is karma. It is not a punishment. It's merely the law in action and reflects our self-concept back to us. Whatever we manifest from the place of needing to compensate for lack, which is always the ego's perspective on things, even if it at first appears to satisfy our longing or dissolve our discontent, it's only a shadow. If you desperately wanted a mate and you attracted one, the form it takes still had to come from the state of desperation, of wanting, of lack. The relationship will reflect back to you the original state of consciousness from which it was born, despair. While at first you may believe yourself to be in love, it must eventually turn to ashes. What were you desperately trying to compensate for or cover up in seeking a partner? The universe must reflect it back to you. Wholeness cannot come from lack. Only lack can come from lack. These experiences are intensifying and accelerating today, and the time between sowing and reaping is growing shorter. The ultimate destiny and inner purpose of every human being is awakening. Our purpose here is to awaken. There's no other purpose other than to realize our God essence. But that realization is not in the future. It can only happen now. When we're still living in the consciousness of duality, we perceive that awakening is taking place in some future time, not now, and we perceive that enlightened self as separate from ourselves. We're still missing the point entirely. We're working on manifesting and we perceive the future when everything we want will be manifested as better than the present. What is happening is that we're actually in denial of the present moment. We're refusing it, resisting it, and wishing to be anywhere but in the now. We are unconsciously resisting this moment and either projecting ourselves into a future where everything is quote-unquote better or stuck in the past and recreating it. God cannot be mocked. The law of attraction cannot be used to escape the now. What you are manifesting, you are manifesting in the now through your vibration. When you believe that you have to seek anything outside yourself, you're operating from duality consciousness. In other words, you do not yet know that you are that which you seek. So you look for it out there in the world where it cannot be found. Even if you believe you've found it in the outside world, it cannot last due to the impermanent nature of all forms. Either it will fail to satisfy you, it will disappear, or it'll go from giving you pleasure to giving you pain. This cycle is inevitable as long as we're still identified with form, with the limited self. When we first become aware and begin to extricate ourselves from victim consciousness and move to co-creative consciousness, when we first begin to realize that we can harness the invisible laws and become conscious creators, 
It's a great opportunity for the ego to inflate itself and gain a stronger foothold. <laughs> it just spiritualizes itself and adapts its vocabulary. It's so clever. It latches on to the pure impulse for growth in order to make itself a new identity, a new spiritual form to identify with. The awakening consciousness within you is hijacked by the ego, and before long you're struggling with your practice to manifest something with the same set of problems as before. And yet, this is all part of the process of awakening. You may well ask, then, well, what is the point of visioning and wanting things in life if it's all coming from a dualistic perception of things, if it's destined to end in more unhappiness? Well, we have no choice initially. It is through our manifested creation that we learn. It is through suffering and limitation that we are compelled to transcend. If you create something by design and it doesn't bring you happiness, you must ask yourself why. Same as if you create something by default and it doesn't bring you happiness, eventually your suffering will bring you to that pass. Why are we learning to become conscious manifestors if not to realize that ultimately we've got to go even deeper and find that everything we seek in the outside world is already within? For example, are you seeking security? Are you driven by a need to find true independence so that nothing can ever touch you again? Will you finally feel safe once you have a certain bank balance and your house is paid in full? Are you looking for the outside world and the details of your life to conform to certain requirements in order to give you that sense of security? Are you building your business with grim determination? Looking for a partner you can control? Grinding your teeth at night? Using each person you encounter as a means to an end even while you tell yourself otherwise? With every brick we put in place to build our sense of security in the outside world, we are actually building a wall of separation, cut off from the one life within which offers the only true security there is. Then, when the security <laughs> we thought we had established in the outside world dissolves, where will we be? It was never real. It sounds like just another spiritual idea that true security comes from within. Very quotable. <laughs> Until it becomes true for you. The crucible of life will pressurize you until you have no other place to go but within for anything you've been seeking outside yourself. Even if your awakening has already begun, especially if it has, you will be brought back to this truth again and again whenever you try to negotiate with the terrorists within. Whenever you lose consciousness for a time, life will find a way to show you that there is only one door by which we may bring forth anything at all, whether we do so consciously or by default. The now. Those who have been teaching us truth for thousands of years have all said the same thing, and they've all provided us with the same signposts to guide us on our way, however much we may have distorted and misinterpreted their messages. We were taught to pray as beloved children of the one life, not as beggars, to claim that which we desired and to believe we have received it. In other words, to become one with what we desire, to become it. 
now. The law teaches us, if you want love, be love. If you want abundance, be abundance. If you want freedom, be freedom. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all things will be added unto you. The kingdom of heaven is within. Become that which you seek. Become a vibrational match for that which you seek. Merge with this moment exactly as it is, and truth reveals itself. Once it is revealed within, it appears without in its highest form, perhaps indeed as you have imagined it. But the difference is that you will not be attached to that form anymore because you're in touch with the creator of all form, because you are the creator of all form, because the unmanifest is beyond all duality. During my career in show business, I went through a period of about 18 years where I was unable to access my singing voice. I tell this story in an article that you can read in the show notes. But suffice it to say that I was paralyzed by fear for many, many years, and my voice became a great source of bitterness and frustration. As I surrendered to spiritual practice and gradually let go of the rigid forms I had imposed on my idea of success at that time, and through dedication to yoga, my heart began to heal, and I felt the first impulses to sing again after so long. Technically, I had left the business when this started to happen. I had finally freed myself from the torment of 20 plus years of relentless self-judgment, criticism, envy, and discontent, and let go of any need to distinguish myself as a performer or accomplish anything further in that domain. As I ceased to identify with it, a new lightness entered my being, and I was truly at peace with laying down the old self-identity. It was a relief. I began to sing for the joy of it while having no career as an actor anymore and no agenda that could pervert the fact of singing purely from the heart for the sheer joy of it. I knew that I had healed something within myself that was worth all the years of negativity. It was at that moment that I received an audition, I still had an agent even if I was mostly dormant, for a new musical. As I read it over and listened to some of the music which was still being written, I knew the role would be mine. I knew it with a peace and certainty where there was no need to strive, to stress out, to project anything other than the love of music and song straight from my heart. In the audition room, a place where in the past, if I'd had to sing, I was near to blacking out. I felt an expansive joy and a feeling of celebration just for the opportunity to sing the beautiful music that had been written and to embody the role I knew was mine to play. I received the gift in advance of being given it. I was totally present with gratitude and a kind of delight that sought no future form for its continued expression. Instead of the old ego's agenda to get the part, to have a job, to prove something, to get something from it, I was there to give, maybe for the first time ever. I was overflowing and at one with my own being in the now, with no result in mind. Of course, I was offered the role, 
and a two-year experience ensued during which I created a role, had beautiful music written just for me, and had the time of my life playing the part in this new musical in two different and highly acclaimed productions. And I really was playing for the first time, having fun. For the first time in a long career, I had no attachment to outcome, no worry or insecurity about being good enough, no inkling to read the reviews, hoping for validation or for a boost in my career. I just loved my way through the whole thing with appreciation and wonder at how simple it was just to be. It was funny to realize how seriously I had been used to taking such things as if it were life and death. How much I would have killed for just such an opportunity back in the days of striving when success equaled life showing up in a certain form. I was blissful in the essence of the experience, and I never let any negativity, mine or anyone else's, sully my absolute gratitude for the grace that had brought me from darkness to light in that one small area of my life. Once it was over, it was complete, and I walked away with no attachment to the past or expectation of the future. I had experienced the essence of what my soul had always sought as a performer, to be a channel for love, for beauty, for wit and wisdom. The form was no longer important. How to move from the form of what you want to its essence. Ask yourself why you want what you want. What is your why? What are you hoping to gain from having this? If you want a relationship, what is the essence of what you're hoping to experience? Companionship? Be a friend to yourself. Love? Feel love now. Love needs no object. It arises from the essence of your being. If you want money, why do you want it? What will it mean to you? Freedom and security? Feel freedom now. Be secure in yourself. There's no substitute for being. And until we understand it, we just have to learn it over and over again. Our doing always proceeds from being and can never be anything but a consequence of your being. To manifest the life you want, be what you want first. Let that be your priority. We've been given an opportunity to be since the pandemic started. Our doing has been forcibly reduced. We're all in the crucible now, and our busyness is being burned away. The present moment is the best friend you have. Trust it. Instead of a worksheet for this episode, I've created a meditation for you. You'll find the link to download it in the show notes. Until the next time we meet, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. 
I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.